0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Yeah Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinnerbaits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out.
2: You're listening to Fast Listen for News on the Paddle and Finn Podcast with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Wyatt. Fishing for noobs on the Paddle and Fin podcast. I'm Ryan. Hey, John,
3: with me. Hey guys, what's <laughs> Not much.
2: And that will be my last time saying that. That's tough to hear, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's tough to say. You know, I have put two years into this podcast, but yeah, I'm 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 leaving the show, leaving Paddle and Fin. Um. Yeah. I mean, no, uh, you know, everything's fine. I just got some other stuff that, you know, I'm wanting to work on, you know, i a little burnout on this, you know, we get a lot of good information and everything and all that, but, you know, I've been doing it for two years and I don't decided to move on and try something else. And, uh, yeah, Sean's going to be running it for a little while.
3: We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, I'm going to, Fly solo for a while, give you a chance to come back if you want, uh, <laughs> leave that door wide open. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm, I'm going to take it one show at a time and, and um, you know, see where we get to. But uh, definitely, man, I wouldn't be here without you. So absolutely thank you for the opportunity to, you know, be bringing me on. I still remember when, uh, you know, I was listening and I kept thinking, oh, well, Ryan's one of the only hosts that doesn't have a co-host, so. I'm just gonna shoot him an email and be like, Hey, you wanna you ever think about having a co host on? And I probably deleted that email like four or five times because I was like, Who am I to reach out to this guy, you know, and just be like, Hey, you should have a co host and I sent it to you and you were welcomed me with open arms. So I you know, I can't say again how much I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. I wouldn't be here and uh, yeah, so I'll miss you, brother.
2: Yeah, man, definitely. And, you know, with this, I think we've talked about it before. But, you know, you uh, messaged me at, like, the perfect time because I had actually been talking to uh, Brian at the time and was like, like, look, man, this is getting kind of overbearing doing this by myself. And, uh, you, you know, every single week, trying to find somebody to interview and all that, especially when you're not well-known, man, it's, it's, it's rough. And, uh, you know, I, I I'd thought about quitting then just cause it was rough. And I talked to him like, well, my dad, a co-host, I was like, but I'm be kind of picky about it, you know, cause you know, I, I don't know. I guess I have a way in my head that, like, I kind of want the show to run and so I'd want somebody to like kind of go with that flow you know what I mean mm-hmm. but but then again like if I had a co I, I told you if I have a co-host you know uh, we're it's both of our show right. right it's not just gonna be my show with you know you on it you know it's gonna be both of our shows I it, I wasn't sure it was going to be hard for me to like kind of let go a little bit, I guess, you know, kind of my baby, but, uh, but yeah, you messaged me and we talked a little bit and like, yeah, it actually seemed like you fell right into my lap, like exactly what I was looking for. And I feel like you, uh, you've brought like a great dynamic to it and, you know, you're, you're kind of the quiet quieter one. I'm, I'm the loud one. And, you know, we, I feel like we've had good chemistry through it. So, yeah, it's going to kind of sucks that we're not going to be doing a show together, but, you know, I've definitely had a good friend in
3: all this. So. Absolutely. Well, I, I told my us. wife that. I was like, I, you know, I've met the guy one time in person, but uh, I consider you on a, you know, a great friend. And, you know, to be able to bond over the show and do it, you know, however many miles apart we are. At, uh it definitely something I'll miss, but appreciate the opportunity. And yeah, I'll definitely keep in touch, man. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to get together some more.
3: Right, right.
2: But uh, with with that said, you know, I'll probably try to meet get to some more paddle and fin meetups. Like I said, you know, there's you know, we're all good.
3: Like paddle and fins, you know, you're still a member of the paddle and fin family for sure. I guess, (laughs) but, but, but yeah, we're uh, kind of a little further down on the tree, but you know, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We're all still cool and
2: everything. So I'll probably still, you know, hit up some of their meetups and stuff when they do them. But yeah, so now that that's out
3: of the way. Right. Yeah,
2: we, we we got that part done. The sad or the happy part, what depending on how y'all feel about me. Yeah. Yeah,
3: you got I think you have a bright future, man, and you're gonna do cool things no matter where you go. So um, you know, anytime you need plugged, hit me up and you know we'll talk about it. Uh you know, your ventures on the show. Just let everybody know where you're at and that kind of thing. So yeah, man. All
2: right, so today's topic. Um this was, well, today's topic is going to be boat ramp etiquette. And this was inspired by, you know, I, I've seen it a few times, but it just really hit me the wrong way. They're a two-lane boat ramp, two boats can get in there. Really, you could probably fit three if everybody, like, fit in there snug, but it's made for two boats to comfortably be able to be backed in or whatever at the same time. Well, let me share this the picture that I took here. Somebody in the middle of the boat ramp, back backing down to the water. Now, this is after. If if you see here, you know you got this vehicle with a boat back down here um well there's two kayaks off to the side well the people in the kayaks did the same thing and so i waited on them and then as soon as they pulled up like i was trying to get out as soon as they pulled up the uh vehicle with the boat pulled in there and then back back down in the middle and so like I had to sit there and wait on them and then they weren't set up at all. Like while they were waiting on the other vehicle to move, they just sat there instead of like going ahead and unstrapping the boat and all that, having it ready to put in. So we're going to talk about boat ramp etiquette a little bit. So hopefully we can, you know, show people a more courteous way to uh, use the boat ramp.
3: Right. Right. And I think, um, kayakers often get a bad name, a bad rap for, you know, this exact thing. Uh, I've heard it a lot in the boating community. Oh, kayakers are constantly just sitting their kayaks at the, you know, on the ramp and walking away. And, you know, so it goes both ways. It, you know, it's not just boaters, it's not just kayaks. I've seen kind of, you know, idiots on both ends of the spectrum there. And, uh, it gives all boaters a bad name when, when, you know, you don't know what you're doing or you, you know, so there's definitely some things we'll go over today that can help kind of get that stigma out of there.
2: Yeah. And it generally, it does take a kayak or longer to get their boat set up and in the water and everything. So like, in, unless you trailer, you know, boats on trailer, they can pretty much get everything they need done, get up to the water back in there, unhook it, you know, put it, up against a dock or whatever they got to do up against up on the bank or whatever, pull out and go where a lot of us, you know, if we carry in the bed of our truck. We got to back down to the ramp, unload that, then take everything out of the truck that goes in the kayak and put it in there where it goes. And, you know, can take 10, 15 minutes sometimes. So, but yeah, so
3: how do we start this off? we just, Hmm. So the first thing would be, you know, try to have as much of your stuff ready before you get there. There most boat ramps will have a spot where you can pull in and, and prep if you will. So, um, and and the same goes for a boater, you know, there there's spots like that for a reason so that you, uh, you keep the chain moving and you know, you, when you're going down the ramp, you should be pretty much ready to get in the water, you know, it, uh, now, like you said, on a boat, it's a lot easier because a lot of your equipment is already on the boat, and you're kind of just unhooking and then maybe um, you know taking it over to the dock so you can go up, move your truck, and come back. But um, with a kayak, you, you know you don't necessarily have all your stuff on your kayak, and I'm I'm the same way. I have to add my tackle box or my uh, crate, my fishing rods, my drive, and you know. So there's definitely a little bit of a loading process, but if you keep that in mind and just have it kind of somewhat organized and have an idea of what uh, get the process down so that it, you know, you can do it as quickly as possible. A lot of the places I put in, they're very small ramps and only one car is going to be there at a time. So the the quickest you can get in and out, you know, the better off it'll be. So do you have any uh, ways you handle that better? Like I, I try to make sure um, like my rod socks are off, you know, before I get down there and get actually on the ramp itself. That's one of the things I do in pre-prep, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. See, I I carry my kayak in the back of my truck. And so when I get, especially like a busy boat ramp, you know, there there are some times where I'm at a boat ramp that's not very busy. And so I'll just back it uh, back the truck down there, and unload it and then unload everything. Because there's like another lane over here and all that, but <clears throat> that, that's another thing, and I kind of touched on that at the beginning. But stick to your lane, you know, if it's wide enough for two vehicles to be in there, make sure you leave room for another vehicle to get in there. You know, it don't seems like common boat. sense,
3: but a lot of people don't do that. They, I mean, I've seen it before where there's lines painted and people are not in the lines at all. I'm like, maybe it's now I'm not the world's best trailer backer. I can back my pickup darn near anywhere, but you put a trailer on there and it's a mess. So I definitely understand that that's a challenge, but you know, either practice that or, you know, but just do your best to stay in the line. So they're there for a reason. Yeah.
2: But if I'm at a busy boat ramp, nine times out of 10, I'm going to have my kayak dolly with me. Mm -hmm. And what I'll do a lot of the time is I'll pull in a parking spot and I'll just take the kayak off put it on the dolly, load everything up there and then just wheel it down to the water or like to, down to the ramp, get it off the dolly and launch. You know, I'm, you know, it's that quick once you, everything's set up. Uh, honestly, if you can't afford a trailer and have somewhere to put it and everything, the trailer is really the best way to go. You know, have, have your kayak on a, on a trailer when you get there, you can set it all up. Everything's ready to go. Then you back just back it in like a boat would. You you back it in there. You you bank it, and pull up, go park, and you're done. So, I I had a trailer for a very short-lived time, and that was what was awesome with it. But I actually kind of embarrassed myself on what you were saying. I feel like I'm actually pretty good at backing a trailer, but when you can't see the trailer and it's a smaller one it's uh yeah it, it's a little harder and i was at check in on a tournament last year and you both people were around i was trying to you know back from the parking spot to the boat ramp instead of pulling out going forward and going <laughs> all the way around and i had a couple people laughing at me and so i finally just put it in drive and went forward but but yeah that, that is something to get used to with backing a trailer, you know if you got somewhere where you can like practice that, right you know, that'd probably be the best bet before you go taking it to a boat ramp if you're not used to driving a trailer. but that trailer, I feel like it's the best way to go if that's something that's feasible for you, like budget and somewhere to store it, you know, I feel like it's just the best best thing you can do right there.
3: I, I definitely want to do that too i mean that's definitely on my my list of things for my kayak is uh, a trailer because it i mean a, it's easier to put it on a trailer i would think than putting it in the back of your pickup truck it's not it doesn't have to go as high yeah like you said you can load it and unload it and have it loaded somewhat you know before you can get to the ramp but um i definitely backing would be something i need to work on i we used to when we used to go crabbing with uh, my stepdad. Uh, we had a little, you know, 15 foot boat that uh, on a trailer, and there was some some ramps that we went to that it was really tight, and it it took me quite a few times sometimes to get it back down straight, and you know definitely had some people laughing at me. And I know the pressure that you feel when you're trying to do that and there's people watching. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for sure, uh, if you can take it somewhere, like I have a school. Uh, an elementary school right close to me that uh, I ended up going up there with cones and stuff and and practicing until I felt like I could do it almost on the first shot every time because you don't want to be that guy. You know, it sucks. Yeah.
2: And and smaller trailers are, you know, for anybody that's not used to trailers, smaller trailers are much worse to back up than bigger trailers. You know, people always think like, oh, the bigger trailer is going to be harder to, and it's really not you know when you're going forward you know you got to make your turns a little wider on the bigger trailers but backing up the bigger trailers stay straighter for you and your your changes aren't magnified
3: as much as as it is with a little trailer a little trailer you turn a little bit and the trailer turns a lot you know yeah 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 so keep keep
2: that in mind if you decide to get a trailer but if, if you do the trailer, definitely have some sort of kayak dolly. Not, I, I'm going to clarify that. Do not get one that goes in the scupper plugs or scupper okay. holes yeah, because those are known to crack your the plastic inside your scuppers and a lot of the time warranty ain't going to cover that.
3: I think so. um, Hobies supposedly have reinforced scuppers on the ones you're supposed to use them on, but uh, even so, I've, I've still I still wouldn't trust it. <laughs> no, I, I've heard the same thing. So, like, I use the the Sea Tug. Um, I've broken the uh, the kickstand off it a few times. Um, luckily, they're cheap on online. You can find them. I think it's like ten bucks to replace the, the kickstand. Because if you like, I've had it before. I had it on the ramp and. Uh, trying to pull it up and it starts rolling backwards if that kickstand catches it it can snap it right off uh, like i said it happened to me once when i was out of ramp and once when i was actually moving to my new house my friend was pulling the the uh kayak up onto a trailer for me and the kickstand was down and he didn't know it and he just busted it right off so um definitely something to keep in mind and i i've had you know i i did that too when when the if the ramp is busy a lot of times i would do the same thing i'd park in a parking lot or in the parking lot put my kayak on the the cart and wheel it down that way but there's sometimes i've had i've struggled with that too if the ramp is steep you know sometimes pulling your kayak up that ramp can be a pain but um, it definitely makes it quicker you know
2: yeah y'all all man up <laughs> I've uh I've pulled my kayak up a very steep walking path, uh, up here at Henry Orton State Park on the Duck River, and it is not fun, but it it gets the job done.
3: I uh, when we went to Deep Creek, I I took mine down a crazy long walking path um, to get to the water, and I actually didn't have the cart centered, and I dumped my kayak twice and. Um, mm. I, uh, I just, uh, I should have centered it the, after the first dump. Cause I have all sorts of little hooks and stuff in my cup holders and stuff. And I was picking that stuff out of the grass. It was a pain. And uh, then I put it back on and got maybe 10 feet away further down the path and dumped it again. I was like, "God, oh, this is ridiculous. And then the fi- that time I finally did make sure it was centered a little better, but, uh, so yeah, definitely, you know, it's not as easy as backing right down to the ramp, but you know, you know, And if it's not busy, then that's not a big deal. But if it is a busy ramp, keep that in mind.
2: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I had a thought a second ago, and I just lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't remember what it was.
3: I know um, in the wintertime, I've had a lot more. The the ramps are a lot less busy in the wintertime, and Um, So I've done that before too, but I, the lake I uh, go to a lot um, and actually the river where both places there's, I found spots that aren't actual ramps, but I can still put in and like uh, the place by the river that I go to, it's just behind this little restaurant and they have a little stone kind of driveway thing that goes down to the water. It's not a boat couldn't launch there, but um, that's usually almost always where I launch on the river because I know that I won't have to be dealing with any boat traffic. The only thing occasionally I have to do is move some people that fish there. Um, but, um, and the same thing for at Lake Redmond where I go, there's a, a parking lot on the other side of the lake that kind of just has some shoreline access that I can launch from there. Um, so, you know, we have kayaks, so sometimes that's, that's easier if you can do it that way.
2: And, you know, something you just said oh. kind of brought me to another thing for, for, you know, uh, boat ramp etiquette. If you're a bank fisherman and you're fishing on a boat ramp and people pulled up to use that boat ramp, step out of the way. Like don't, don't just stand there and expect them to, you know, work around you on a boat ramp that the boat ramp is made. It's It's not made for fishing off of it's made for launching boats and stuff. So, yeah, just be courteous. Step out step out of the way. Let them do what they need to do. And, you know, hopefully they'll be quick and you can get back to what you're doing. And I, I, I've seen that several times. You know, people want to fish from the boat ramp,
1: mm-hmm. which I,
2: I, I don't even really understand that too much. Like, trap, maybe like a really low traffic area, but in a high traffic area, like, it, there's a lot of people going in and out of there. There's probably not going to be. You know, it's probably gonna be hard to catch a fish right there.
3: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I've seen videos online, where, like some of the YouTubers I watch, where they will go up to the ramp and you know make a few casts, and sometimes they do catch stuff. I mean, you know, it's I think boat ramps, like road beds, kind of are a hard structure that fish sometimes relate to. Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. But that, like, just like you said, I I've, I don't know how many times I've been fishing at the lake and going to that one spot. And there's people there fishing and I'm like, Hey, do you mind if I just come in there? And they're like, Oh, like it's a major inconvenience. I'm like, dude, that's the only place for me to get out. I I can't get out anywhere else. So, and that's where my truck is. So either, you know, you take the, you know, one minute to reel back in and let me, you know, get out of the water and it doesn't take me long. I, you know, paddle right up to the shore, hop out, grab my boat, pull it up past them and they're good to go again. So it's just, you know, you're going to run into those people occasionally. So.
2: So as far as the cart goes, do you uh, do you strap your kayak to the cart when you're using one?
3: I'd have to. I don't think it would stay under otherwise. So yeah, I usually run the strap and pull it as tight as I can because that's, like I said, that's when I've had issues is when the either the strap isn't tight or it's not centered on the cart, but I definitely need to strap mine every time or I think it would fall off.
2: Yeah, I I use a strap myself, Um, but I got a cheaper cart. You know, they they say, like, those Sea Tugs, you know, they're kind of expensive, but they say those, you know, I guess they, like, grip the kayak or something.
3: Yeah, it has, has like, it has that kind of, the, the buckle thing has those teeth in it so that if you pull it tight, it's not loosening, you know what I mean? So you just have to make sure you pull it really tight, but... Um I'm not I mean it's I'm not going to lie there's times where it's been tough for me either it rolls down the ramp on me or uh um I it does the nice thing about the Sea Tug is it comes apart really easily so usually once I get down to the water I just pop it off um and then take it apart quick and throw it in my front hatch and go so that's the nice thing about the Sea Tug is you don't know, have to walk it back up to my car it it, it will fit in my front hatch um, relatively easily. So, generally, that's what I do if it's busy, or if, especially in tournament situations where I know a lot of either an- or, uh, kayaks or boats are going to be coming in and out at once. I try and, you know, put it on my cart and bring it down that way.
2: And see, that'd be kind of nice at breaking down because when I use my cart, you know, I've got to kind of take it and I'll basically put a wheel under the bungee cords in the front of my kayak. In the front wheel, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it just rides there. Well, that's where I lay my net because I got my yep. net like on the top of my pedal drive, and my like the actual netting part sits right there. Yep. And I, it hasn't happened yet while trying to bring in a fish, but I I just know it's going to happen where I'm bringing in a fish, and I go to grab my net and it like gets caught on like a nutter bolt on on that uh. On that cart, and I'm not going to be able to get it up, and
3: I'm gonna end up losing a fish over it. Where you throw the cart in the water? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know on the Hobies, they you know they say with those the scupper carts that they there is a bungee actually made for that on the back um, behind the tank well. Uh, there's like a little bungee there that they have that's made to strap that down. Um, but to me, that's not super convenient because a I can't reach it uh, without getting in the water to get back there and um so the sea tug just i had it back when i had my jackson so in the same thing it, it fit in the in the front of uh the kusa as well so um it definitely was a good purchase uh like it, it definitely is more expensive i think if you keep your eye out sometimes on craigslist uh and that kind of thing you can find them used i know a buddy of mine got one from a guy who's just like oh, i don't need this anymore and and uh, he paid well over half price for it. So, if you keep your eyes out sometimes, you can find them. Well, uh, I, ain't, I ain't seen none that cheap yet, but I hope I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, same thing. Like, I, for the longest time, I thought about getting the the wheels that you just kind of... What are they called? I always forget. Uh, it was like the sand wheels or something like that? No, no, no. I mean, like, the wheels that you... Like, the legs. The legs are there. Oh, like the boondocks? Boondocks. Yeah, yeah. And I... I've just heard so many horror stories about it cracking the hole where you attach that. Um,
2: Yeah. If, if I, if I did that, it would definitely be on a kayak that I trust to be like Mm well-made and uh, I definitely have like backing plates
3: and stuff on there. Yeah. And actually when I, when I actually looked into that, I reached out to boondocks and they are very cool about it. They're like, uh, I was talking to the the customer service person and I mentioned that I had a C-Tug and she's like, oh, well, you know, you don't have to buy the whole kit. Then you can actually piece it together and use your C-Tug wheels because the C-Tug wheels fit on the, the Moondock's, you know, bars. And uh, I was like, oh, OK, you know, so I just about pulled the trigger. But then I started watching videos and reading online and saw a bunch of people saying how it cracked their their kayaks. But, uh, you know, the same thing, like we always say, you only hear. Mostly the negative stuff, so there could be you know, seventy five percent of the people who do it have no problems, and you're only going to hear from the twenty five percent of people that do, and and maybe they. I don't even you know. know if I say
2: that. I'd say like you hear from like the five percent in most mm-hmm. of those cases. Like, like same same thing with Jackson. You know, a lot of people like dog Jackson over the pedal drive issues they've had, and Jackson's definitely like. Busted their butts to try to fix the problem that they've had with it, but y- you don't hear people, you know, when they go out and their pedal drive works good, they're like, they're like, oh man, pedal drive, you know, worked fine again for the hundredth <laughs> time. Like, no, they're only gonna say something whenever you know something bad happens. So, out of all the the Jacksons Jackson pedal drives that have been sold, you know, you've heard. You know, so many people complain about uh, them being messed up, but there's still a ton out there that, you know, never had an issue. I've, I've never had an issue with, with my uh, drive. The only issue I've had out of Jackson is my hole cracked, and it was three months old, and, man, they, their customer service is great. And they they got me, they, they took it, they looked at it, to see where the problem was they adjusted their mold to add more plastic right there where that where it cracked at because mine was the first one they had had issues of but after i reported mine you know there was a couple of others i guess that had that issue they added more plastic in that spot made me a brand new kayak new drive they even upgraded me to the uh, new ceramic bearings that they just came out with instead of the stainless steel and uh new seat, new drive, new brand new kayak, everything and delivered it to me at my work on my lunch break.
3: That's awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah, so 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 yeah, you there's def, definitely a lot of a lot of misunderstanding from people when it comes to you know complaints that they see like oh this must be crap like no you're just hearing from the few that every, everything I don't care what product you buy fishing related or not there's gonna be defective items issues that come out of it that's just this is how the world works
3: right right
2: and I've I've always said it it matters more to me how the company handles that situation when that arises and like I said Jackson you know they all those people complaining, they all got new drives. They all got Mm -hmm. taken care of.
3: Right. Yeah. No, and I, I can echo that too. Um, I'm trying to think of what I had to have replaced on my CUSA, but, um, they did it, you know, quick, almost no questions. I basically sent them a picture, said, Hey, this is a little messed up. And, you know, they sent me a new one right away. So, uh, Jackson's been good. I haven't had to do that with my Hobie yet. Um, I've heard varying degrees of, Uh, Hobie's customer service sucks, but I, I haven't had to deal with that yet, luckily enough, but I, I think my local shop would probably, uh, kind of help me out there too. So, um, I did, uh, saw through one of my, uh, I had my braid wrapped around. They have these like plastic or rubber caps that go over your rod holder holes. And I had my braid wrapped around that one time and I, you know, pulled on it and it sawed right through it, cut right off. So I've been meaning to reach out and see if I can get a, I knew one of those, but, uh, for the most part, you know, I even, I've talked to a bunch of people that are like, oh yeah, I have to replace my Hobie, uh, uh, fin masts cause I bend them and I've hit rocks pretty hard and, uh, you know, I should knock on some wood or something, but, uh, in two years of hitting rocks and stuff, I haven't bent them to the point where they don't work at all. So, but we'll see, you yeah. But uh, yeah, the the boondocks thing. I mean, it seems like it would be really convenient, you know. Yeah, that where you just now. I've heard that it's not as easy to do it in the water to actually get them down, depending on the type of wheels you have on it. That since the wheels float, you kind of have to force the arm down. But you know, to me, it seemed like it would be super convenient and take a lot of the weight off. You know, sometimes well, I, depending what. Go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say, I, I feel like if I had it, like. I would be out of the kayak before I tried to put them down, you know, I'd, okay. I'd get, I'd probably get out and, you know, wade out in the water a little bit to, you know, to where the kayaks at a point where it's deep enough for the wheels to go down mm-hmm. and turn them down there, then grab the front of the kayak and pull it out. Yeah. That's, no, that's I, what, I, I don't have experience with it, but just thinking about it, I feel like that's how I would
3: do it. I thought about that too, but there's definitely times, uh, you know, being in a colder climate where I don't want to get wet, I want to get wet as l- little as possible. So that yeah, was one of the main true. reasons why I didn't do it because I, you know, even with my boundary boots and stuff, you know, you can only go out so far before you're over those. And, um, I just didn't want to be constantly getting wet to put wheels under my kayak. So, and that's the same reason why I didn't get the hoax upper cart because you kind of have to be in the water to get that under there as well. So Um, Whereas the sea tug, I kind of just kind of hit the ramp, walk off the front of my kayak, and then pull it up enough that I can get it out of the water and then get my sea tug under it. So, Which is, that's, like I said, it's been a challenge on a a slanted ramp before, but, you know, it it does work, so.
2: Well, something, you know, back kind of on, I I think we kind of got a little bit off topic a little bit, but Kind of back on the uh, subject, something I wanted to say, like if if you are about to put in and there's like boats, you know that are behind you or something, consider letting them go before you because they're gonna, you know, especially if you're gonna take a while. Like most of the time, boats, especially like the nice bass boats. Generally, they, you know, are experienced boaters, so they know how to get it in and out of there quick. So they're going to take like a couple minutes to do that, where you're going to take several. So that's something to consider right there. Because you know, we we all have the same goal. We all just want to get on the water, you know, relax, have some fun, catch some fish, and I don't. know I, I see too many stories of like hostility. Between people, whether it be kayakers or boaters or what, kayak boaters colliding. I I still haven't had much issue out of that myself around here, but I don't know. I I guess Tennessee, you never know who's carrying a gun. So you kind (laughs) of, there's some uh, implemented respect uh, already in there, you know. Uh,
3: I've heard the same thing about Texas. They just, you know. There's not as many arguments because you never know, you know, but, you know, I I can't say that I've seen a ton of arguments either or, or, you know, um, boat ramps. Anyway, Um, I've seen people, you know, get mad about people fishing what they think is their property. And I'm like, hey, it's in the water. So it's you know public right away. That kind of thing. But um, as far as boat ramps, for the most part, it's been just been and people kind of put up with it. I guess they they don't say as much. If the, you know, and I, again, it, it all depends on the time. Like, you know, if you go to the burnt ramp in the middle of the day, yeah, you sh- you can expect that it's going to be busier. If you hit it first thing in the morning or, you know, you know, it, there's definitely going to be times where it's busier than others. So you can try and plan accordingly. But, you know, like we always say, the best chance time to get out on the water is when you can. So, you know, you know, let that dictate it.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was gonna to add to that, but that's that thought slipped my mind too. <laughs> but uh,
3: I would say uh, the other thing I was thinking, you know, we talk a lot about kayaks, but if you are boating and you're using the ramp, make sure you use the docks. Like um, that's what they're there for. You know, take your boat off the trailer, bring it over the dock, tied up, and then you know, take care of your truck. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've seen either I, i've actually witnessed a couple times where boats they kind of just bring them up kind of right next to the dock on the shore and then the boat either drifts away i've actually helped a guy get his boat back because uh, he thought he had it tied onto something on the shore i forget it was, it was a rock or a stick he tied his bow line to and you know drove his car away and then his boat just started drifting down the river so I paddled over, grabbed the line, and towed it back over for him. But uh, you know, he's well, Toby. It, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a you know, there's definitely learning experiences as you go. You know, I I definitely didn't you know do everything right my first time either. So you have to extend people some grace with that as well. But uh, yeah, for sure. Well, there's
2: there's there's learning curves to everything. But uh, ho- hopefully, you know, listening to this episode will. Helps some people out. You know, a, a lot of people, it's not really that they're just trying to be rude. I, I don't think. I think it's they don't think about it. Right. And and so and maybe this will help people like think about that a little more, like share the space with everybody right.
3: else. Just be conscious of the, the space you're taking up, the amount of time you're taking, and, and that kind of thing. So for sure. Right.
2: And... You know, another, how do you feel about this? This might be kind of controversial. I've seen a lot of people complain about, you know, people that don't have trailers taking up the trailer parking. And a lot of these cases that I've seen, it's parking one of those parking spots or parking the grass. How do you, you feel about that?
3: I feel like if you take a boat off of your truck in some way, then you're entitled to a spot. Um, obviously, some I've been to lots of different kinds of ramps at this point, and sometimes parking is a premium, and you know the the longer spaces you know are designed for boats. If there is a shorter space and you can park in it uh, if you if you have just your truck and you're you know just putting your kayak in the back of the truck, I'd say use the shorter spaces if you can. But if the only thing that's there is long spaces and you took a boat or uh, a kayak off the back of your truck, I'd say you're entitled to one of those spots.
2: Yeah, that's how I feel about it. But, you know, we use the boat ramp. Now, somebody is there like bank fishing or, you know, we got some that are connected to like uh, sidewalks to walk around the lake and stuff. If you're there for that, then I don't think you should be using up a parking spot. Oh, I agree. Like, like it's a boat ramp. The parking lot is for the boat ramp. So I don't think they should be taking up a parking spot. But if you were using the boat ramp, just like you said, i th- I think you should be able to use that, whether you got a trailer or not.
3: Now it's interesting., um, uh, close to by me, I usually launch on you know my side of the river, but right across the river from me is another launch, and I went there one time, and they actually have signs up that say, uh, If you're launching a canoe or a kayak, please use the designated area to launch that. Don't use the boat ramp. Now, that sounds awesome. Hey, you have a designated spot to launch kayaks and canoes and stuff. It's down concrete steps, like three flights of concrete steps. What? Like, okay. So apparently they think every boat can be carried down those steps, but I'm like, I am not taking my yeah, I mean, bag down. If, if you get like a little 40 pound, you know,
2: cheap kayak then yeah that's that's fine but right yeah our kayaks you're not carrying them down those steps i don't i don't care who you are
3: yeah the first time i went there i was like oh that's awesome they have actually a spot for that but no yeah never again i actually put a big gouge in my kusa dragging it down the hill next to the steps because i was afraid to do it at the ramp but then every time after that i just use the ramp i'm like screw that i have a launch permit on my boat i'm going to use the Friggin' there, yeah, so.
2: yeah, definitely. I I would definitely use that, and uh, somebody say something about it, you know. Okay, you carry this down there for me. <laughs>
3: right, right. Have yeah. you ever used one of those? uh Do any of your uh, uh, launches have like the the kayak launch, like it's a little plastic like chute that you you can mm-hmm. actually? I've I've been a few places where uh, that have that, but I've never used it because. Um, I didn't, I either, I was like, how's that going to work with my fins? That's not going to work. But uh, I, I can see where like a sitting kayak, it would be nice if you to actually get in, sit down, know your kayak's kind of a little stationary before you kind of push off. But, but yeah, a lot. Of, it's becoming a lot more popular, or a lot more prevalent, I should say, around here. I just, I forget where I was. I was just someplace where they just added one of those. And uh, it kind of makes sense to me, but the same time i don't think it applies to every kayak so yeah
2: yeah i I haven't seen that you know and i figured more would like at least like little areas to launch your kayak would pop up um just like just out of the amount of extra kayak traffic we have now you know covid everybody bought a kayak if they didn't buy a kayak they wanted to they just couldn't find one
3: so right
2: so There's a lot more people kayaking now here, and it's pretty much year-round. And so I I figured there'd be more of that pop-up, but I haven't seen it.
3: Well, there's another interesting thing, too. I read uh, one time there was a discussion on the local lake uh, Facebook group that I have where they were talking about, oh, well, kayakers shouldn't, shouldn't use the boat ramp because they can just launch from anywhere on the shore. And then there was a guy who said he was like a game commissioner, game warden or whatever. And he said, well, if I see you launch from the shore, I'm going to write you a ticket. And I'm like, how's that work? He's like, well, if you ha- you know, you have to have a launch permit and that means you have to use the launch. And so I don't, again, I, I never, I can't remember, you know, then there was a lot of back and forth there about whether you're allowed to just launch anywhere. And I, to be honest, I don't know what the rule is for that, but I would feel like if you can get access to the water, you should be able to launch there. But uh, I, again, I don't know. And I like I've heard you know Drew Gregory talk about you know if there's enough water at a bridge he'll pull off the side of the road and launch right there if he can get his kayak down the uh, down the down to the water he'll do it. So you know, I don't know what the rule like the wall is for that, but it was just weird uh, to hear that guy talk like that. And he's like, "Well, yeah, if you well, I see you launching just from the shore, not from the the ramp, I'm going to write you a ticket." And I was like, "Hmm, okay." But there was another yeah. guy. That was the same thing. It's there. like, well, I'm a game warden, too, and I don't think that's true at all. And so, you know, it was just an interesting conversation I remember seeing. It. Yeah, I've never heard that before,
2: so uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I know here, you know, pretty much anywhere public property you can launch.
3: Okay. I so, know uh, my, my brother-in-law, he um, built a canoe out you know from scratch just strips of wood around a form and um you know he went to the dnr and they're like well you have to get a launch permit for that and he's like i don't want to put a sticker on my beautiful wooden boat and they're like well sorry you have to you know if you want to use a PA pennsylvania department of natural resources launch you have to have the launch permit displayed stuck to the side of your kayak or canoe so what he ended up doing was he made like this Extra piece of wood that he stuck the sticker to, and then hangs it on the side of his kayak. It just kind of hangs on the side huh. of his canoe, um, just as a way around it. Because his canoe is beautiful, and you know, to put a ugly yellow sticker on it, he's like, "I'm not doing that." So,
2: so y'all have to like,
3: I guess, kind of in a way, like register your kayaks up there, right? It just to if you're going to use, and not every ramp is a DNR ramp, but if it there's every ramp that's a DNR ramp, there's a sign that says, you know, whatever Pennsylvania department of natural resources. And if you use that ramp, technically you're supposed to have a launch permit. Now the launch permits are 20 bucks for two years, I think. So they're not expensive. Yeah. But right. Yeah. I mean, not everybody wants to stick a sticker on their boat, you know, and, yeah. um, see, they haven't done that here yet. You know, as long, if, if you have a
2: trolling motor or gas motor, you have to register your kayak. You have to get like the numbers on the side and all that and then a a uh, the numbers on the side are permanent, and then you got another sticker that every time you update it, you know you can buy a one year, two year, or three year, and you got to put that on there.
3: Right now in, um, that, in Pennsylvania, the same way, if you have a motor, any kind of motorized boat, you like. If I put a motor on my kayak, I would have to add the numbers and everything. It um, actually, when I got my Hovey, uh, the place I got it from was a boat dealer too, and they said, "Well, we'll register it." For you, um, even though it doesn't need to be, um, and you can keep that registration going. But the nice thing about that is it. Uh, then when I go to other states, I don't. There's something that it saves me from having to do. Like if your boat is registered with the numbers in PA, it, it's, it lets you do. It lets you take your boat more places. I think out of state. Yeah.
2: See here, if you don't have any type of motor, you don't have to do anything. Like you don't have to pay anything to use the launches or anything like that and i feel like it's coming i feel yeah you know i I know like brad and them in ohio they have to you know register their kayaks regardless and get a sticker i I don't think it's a a lot of money but and you know in all fairness i i kind of think it should be that way because you know we're we're using the boat ramps too. We're using the uh, the parking lot. We're driving on on their pavement and all that. We're so I, I, I to be fair, I I kind of think it should. I don't think it should be expensive, but you know I, I think we should pay our part too. And then in, when we are in those cases where we want to use the boat ramp, and then you know somebody says something about you. You know, taking up time, then you have an argument, right?
3: I paid yeah. to use this, right?
2: Yeah. To to where you know right now the here in Tennessee, you know the boat guys can be like, they don't even have to pay anything to uh to come here and fish. I got to pay, and now I got to wait on them, blah blah blah. So yeah, if if it was something you know like ten dollars a year or something like that, or it, even, I'm wanting to say up there in Ohio don't don't quote me on it but I've heard Brad and Josh talk about it I wanted to say it was like 20 something dollars for a lifetime I could be completely wrong on that but yeah I'm not sure but but yeah that just a thought
3: no and I've heard both arguments that oh you know they'll you know there's no cost to them I mean there's a little bit of ramp up key I guess you know but um
2: yeah well i mean some people will try to argue like well we buy a fishing license that helps pay for that like yeah but what about the recreational paddlers that don't buy a fishing license because they're not fishing they're just out there paddling around right they'll using those ramps but you know what i mean so
3: yeah for sure there's definitely you know i can i can see the argument on both sides of that so but Oh, man anything else you can think of for boat ramp etiquette
2: no i think i have pretty much covered everything i had on my mind you know just be courteous to other people you know just
3: yeah it's definitely not rocket science you know if you uh you know just keep your eyes out um be conscious of yourself and other people and you know i think we can all get along pretty easily as long as we all use common sense so
2: yeah, And if you are gonna like unload everything on the ramp, like just try to be as fast as possible about it. Don't sit and take your time because that picture I showed earlier of that boat, once he finally launched, it was out on a rope, so it's like swinging around and stuff. So that's why I didn't try to come up beside him, so I probably could have squeezed beside him, but you know i i I knew he was gonna be backing up, and I didn't he was by himself, didn't know where his boat was gonna go after he launched and all that. So after that, you know, he, he pulled up, you know, his boat was, you know, on like an anchor on the boat ramp, you know, just floating in the water and <laughs> you know, like pretty much taking up the entire boat ramp. Cause they like the wind pushed it sideways. Right. And then, you know, I'm sitting there waiting still. He walks down to the boat ramp, the one of the guys in the kayaks, I guess he knew him and he started Chit chatting with him, and he looked like he had like some beef jerky or something. And he was giving him some of that, and they're just having a conversation while I'm just sitting there waiting for him to move his boat so I can pull up.
3: Right?
2: Just be courteous, guys. Like, get, if you're gonna take up a spot on the boat ramp to do what you gotta do, be quick about it, get out of the way, let the next person go.
3: Right? So, um, before we uh, finish up, I wanted to ask you, I know I wanted to thank you again for actually, while I was at uh, camp, uh, I do a week every summer as a camp counselor. And um, uh, Ryan did a show, uh, hopefully uh, the listeners caught it, uh, with Kayak Beast. Um, I forget what the gentleman's name is. Uh, Luke Prentice. Luke Prentice, yes. So um, after hearing that show, I know um, probably like a lot of us, I also have my COVID whatever 20 that i added on that i probably you know don't uh so I, after i heard that uh i was like you know what i i definitely need to do something and i kept dragging my feet um going leading up to camp i'm like you know two months before camp i was like oh you know i'm gonna get in shape for camp this year you know because it does take a lot out of you and then i was like oh well, i have two months and then it was one month and i was like okay well i have a month i can let's get started and then i never did it and i was like okay two weeks and then before I knew it camp was there and gone and it was exhausting. So when I got back from camp and I listened to that show, I was like, that's definitely something, you know, I can, you know, it sounded interesting. I was like, I don't eat a huge breakfast. So that part, you know, it, my wife is like, Oh, I could never, you know, skip breakfast, but um, it's it, it something that it kind of appealed to me. Cause I don't eat a huge breakfast. I'm like, I feel like I could make that work. So um, after hearing that Ryan signed up for it, Um, I signed up for it as well. Um, I've been doing it. It's Sunday. Now I've been doing it since Wednesday. And um, right now we're just kind of, you know, getting started with the the intermittent fasting. And um, he started adding in a few things just to to try and help speed up things. Um, Did the exercises twice now. Um, I was a little intimidated about that. I thought, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be one of those crazy 30-minute intense workouts where you barely have time to breathe and then you're dead at the end. But it really wasn't like that. Um, I've I've gotten to adjust pretty well to the fasting. Um, It's 12.41 now, and I haven't eaten since 8 o'clock last night. So I'm definitely hungry right now, but I'm, you know, uh, not crazy starving, so.
2: Yeah, it's 11.45 my time right now. And last time I ate was like, I think like five or six last night. Wow. And yeah, I'm not even really hungry. I mean, I, I it's time for me to eat because my window is, you know, we, we go to lunch at 11.30 at work. And so my window is 11.30 to 7.30 at night. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I'm getting. I had like one hard day with the fasting that morning. I was working beside a guy, and he kept talking about food. And he he mentioned, you know, I, I love the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And oh like, yeah. for breakfast. <laughs> and he he was mentioning that there's a chicken, egg, and cheese McGriddle, and I was like, oh wow, said, that's awesome. And like, yeah, it <laughs> got me pretty hungry. And I'm like, dude, you gotta you gotta h- shut up, like, just <laughs> shut up. quit talking about food. <laughs>
3: no it's yeah. there there's times it's been tough like uh i think the one evening i actually went fishing and that's um what i was worried about like if i can i usually have like one like a little bit of something right before i my window is twelve to eight so right before like seven forty five i'll eat just like a little either like a piece of jerky or something just to yeah. and um the one evening i went fishing from like five thirty and i didn't get back till nine so the last thing i ate was five thirty so That was quite a stretch to get to lunchtime the next day, but I was a little hungry. But, I, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. You know, it it was easily, you know, I I easily made it through. And, you know, then I have actually noticed that I get fuller quicker now, I feel like, Um, you know, I I tend not to eat as much. And so I think I'm
2: getting there, too.
3: I know. And I can definitely tell when I eat too much now um because i i feel kind of yucky afterwards but uh i think at, at this point i i'm down five so i'll take it for the first week um again i it fluctuates jumps around but i think i'm at about five so definitely if you guys haven't checked out the last show ryan did uh while i was up at camp check it out um and look up uh luke online under kayak beast uh fishing i can't remember what uh, if you check back on the show notes, it's definitely in there. And you can, I think if you just search for him on Facebook or Google, you can look up kayak beast, um, you can find, uh, his program.
2: Yeah. And I, I think I'm down around three pounds so far. And I, I, you know, on top of like weight loss and all that, I think one good thing for me is, you know, I, I'd quit drinking any, I was going to say Cokes. I I, I say Cokes, soda pop whatever you want to call it i quit drinking them for like two years and then you know i had one one day and i got started back for like the last year and a half and i've been drinking them pretty heavy and you know i drink like one bottle of water a day generally and since i've been doing this this past week i've been drinking like five or six bottles of water a day and then you know for lunch I'll have a Gatorade zero and for dinner I've been, that's kind of been my cheat meal, I guess, but you know, but I've been having like a glass of sweet tea with my dinner, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I it's helping me get back off the Cokes. And so like that is a big thing to me. Cause those are, those things are just terrible for you. I, I know they're terrible for you, but you know, I kept drinking them, but, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm I'm drinking a ton of water now and I feel like that alone has kind of made me start feeling a little better, you know, drinking more water, feel like you know, not as sluggish. You know, right.
3: No, I I, that was one thing I was gonna say. You know, he when I first thought I was like, Oh, if I don't eat breakfast, I'm gonna, you know, crash by mid morning. But it really is the opposite of that. I I don't crash until I eat. You know, when I eat, then then I start feeling, you know, tired and sleepy. You know, it's it's the opposite talked about on there is right. you're, you're, you know, you're getting
2: energy still from the fat that, that your body is consuming. So, you know, you still got the energy and and that is something that I've kind of worried about with, uh, you know, I've always told myself when I go kayaking, like before I get out there and like start pedaling around everywhere, like I've always felt like I need to eat something, you know, just, you know, so I have energy to do that. And so now, I'm curious. I haven't been out like early morning yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've uh, been on this program, but now I'm curious to see how my body's going to act going out early in the morning to uh kayak with on basically an empty stomach. And, and one more a, a tip I wanted to throw out there. If you uh, you're trying this and you do feel hunger in the morning and stuff, drink water. The water will kind of, you know, Give you that full sensation and you can get your mind off of it and then go a while again until you know it comes back, drink some more water until it comes time for you to be able to uh eat.
3: No, that's definitely true, too. Yeah, good good advice there because uh that's helped me too to fend off some of those cravings. Yeah.
2: But uh yeah, I believe Luke's offer still stands if you mention you uh heard about his program here on and finn you know mention us noobs but uh yeah i think you get a uh, 25 off right so so you know I, I think it's definitely worth the the price that uh he he charges you know i I, th- I think some people look at it like oh that's kind of a big uh jump yeah but like Okay, let's say you go to a gym and get a gym membership. Like how, how long are you actually going to do that like go to the gym? How much do you know yourself about like the workouts that you need to be doing and, like you're not getting any guidance for that low fee? I know me being in a small town, our our gym for me and my wife, it's like 50 or 60 bucks a month. And so that adds up pretty quick,
3: right? For sure, and and I mean Luke knows what he's talking about when you and he gives you so many Been over things. twenty years. He'll walk you through every exercise, but he also then goes through all the nutrition stuff too. And he doesn't just say eat this because I'm telling you to. He explains why you uh, you know why you're targeting certain meats and certain vegetables and and leaving other things. He he really goes in depth and and it's a lot of interaction. Like there's. You you get a uh, a, an app that has all the information in it. Uh, There's Facebook groups um, where you can go in and talk about a, you know, your successes and your struggles and stuff and and get feedback there as well. And he's also, you know, super available for, you know, before and after the the workouts and stuff online, like on the video chats and stuff. So um, definitely a cool guy. Um, Very uh, supportive. And and uh, what's the word I was thinking of? excuse me, uh, enthusiastic about it. So check him out.
2: Yeah. And, and to go off something you just said, like if you've got a question <laughs> or something, send him a message. He's very responsive on there and you know, he's a really good, cool guy to talk to. Uh, so yeah, if, if, if y'all are like us, you know, I, I, Sean kind of made me put my foot in my mouth because I said on that episode, like, I need this more than Sean does. And then Sean (laughs) was like, yeah, I need this too, and
3: jumped on there. So, but yeah. I was was 175, and that's the heaviest I've been for a long time. So um, I don't mind throwing that out there. Uh, After seeing the success that uh, Dustin had, uh, for those of you guys uh, who listened to the Saltwater segment, um, did this program, and I think he's at like 38 pounds or something like that.
2: Let, last I heard, it was thirty-two pounds in eight weeks. Now, okay, that's what it was. Since, it, it's been like a week or two since then, so I don't know if he's lost more. But yeah, he's he's had great results. But yeah, and and the thing with it, you can still eat whatever you want, pretty much. Right. Just, you know, the better you eat, the better your results are going to be. Mm-hmm.
3: But yeah, no. For so for so far, I'm I'm enjoying it. So.
2: Well, yeah, man. So, I guess this is it, huh?
3: I guess so. Well, again, thank you for everything. Know um, that you are always welcome back here anytime. So, you know, if you pick up a new technique and you're killing it, you got to let me know so you can come on
2: and <laughs> talk to me about it. All right, all right. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, I, I appreciate everything you've done, you know, to help the show out, you know, once you came on because – like I said, it was it was uh, it was it was rough at the time, and then you came on, and you know I, I feel like we've built a pretty cool show, and it kind of sucks to walk away from that. But I just there's a uh, I, th- I just think it's time to uh, move on and work on something else that I've been wanting to. So
3: I'm excited to see what what kind of things you do with you know the Tennessee fishing scene and uh, kayak fishing scene, and you know that kind of thing. I think you can do a lot of good stuff so
2: yeah and you're uh i'm i'm, I'm curious to see where fast fishing for news is gonna go
3: like yeah i'm not sure we'll see i you know no, no big changes in the immediate future for sure i'm gonna just kind of take it uh keep go with the flow as i as i do <laughs> yeah just keep trying to make it man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'll miss you brother and um you know like I said, the door is always open. So, all right.
2: Yeah, man. And best of luck to you and the rest of Paddle and Finn. And... Yeah.
3: We'll have you back on. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in again. Um, I will be back next week. We'll see uh, who I can get to talk to you. But uh, uh, this has been the Best Fishing for Noob segment on the Paddle and Finn podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thanks, guys.
1: Let her go.